Hello, sir. Hello, hello, sir. How are you doing? I am fine. Okay, the thing is, I won't turn on video because my house is a mess and I don't want to, like, kind of scare you off. So, so <laughs> you're good, you're good. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. Obey selfish ignorant citizens you're gonna get selfish ignorant leaders you mean like democrats well we both agree that must be the reason why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they'd like to hear we are knee deep in a pool of stagnation oh, no no wait a minute friends you don't want to hear that do you yeah. yeah hey guys welcome to objectively incorrect and today in studio well it's not really in studio because he's on skype all and and maybe halfway around the world not in the pacific ocean because he's not going to be on any island other than hawaii having <laughs> a very good time maybe with a pina colada not the virgin one but the one that you you drink with the the hats in it <laughs> but guys i'm here with kyle marshall aka i'm gonna call him glenroy because i went to high school with this brother and you know this is who he is he's a gay rights activist and he's also very vocal on facebook that's Kyle Marshall, because he doesn't go on Facebook as as Glenn as Glenn Roy. Nope. Nope. Nah, he's never. But he's gonna show us Glenn Roy today. And today we're gonna be talking about um basically uh, being gay in the Caribbean. And being gay not only in the Caribbean, but being gay in the Caribbean and also being gay in America. And he's gonna give us some perspective, guys, some serious perspective. He's gonna dig deep about his own life, um, which is really tumultuous in my opinion. And it I think it comes with the territory. Guys, I'm here talking to Mr. Marshall, a.k.a. Kyle. Yes, sir. I'm a.k.a. Right Glenroy. <laughs> All right, Glenroy, as usual, we're going to start the show with our fact and fiction section. And today, because you live in Las Vegas, we're going to be talking, we're going to be asking you some questions. Well, not questions, but we're going to say five statements about Las Vegas. And you're going to say if each statement is true or false. Okay. All right, I got you. So we're going to see how much you can get out of five. And guys, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Glenroy is going to get like five. No, you know what? I'm not going to give you that kind of stress. Just <laughs> okay. answer your best. Glenroy, how long have you been in, 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 in Los Angeles? I mean, Las uh, Vegas. Uh, one year and two months. One year and two months. That's, that's more than enough time to know where this strip is. I live right next to the strip. <laughs> he does live right next to the strip. All right, guys, let's go. So question number, well, statement number one. 17 of the 20 biggest hotels in the U.S. are in Las Vegas. I would say yes, because you have a million of them over here. I don't know if it's a fact or a fiction. It's true. And you are right. So that's one of one. Yes. 15 of which are the largest in the world. Imagine that. Yes. Craziness. Okay. Second one. Despite Sin City being the legal gambling capital of the world, ironically, the lottery is, in fact, illegal in the state of Nevada. That is correct. And it's true. Dude, you, look, this is... Yo, these are too easy, you know. Should I ask you something about, like, New York? You have York to go to the border of Vegas and California to get a lottery ticket. Crazy. But yes. yet, gambling is legal. Gambling <laughs> is legal, yeah. Wow. Okay. I guess that's, that's a kind of crisscross of... Um, of, yeah. of priorities but anyway so number three so far you've been knocking a hundred eh? so you have like two of two <laughs> let's see if you're going to go let's see what's going to happen okay so number three there's an average of 315 weddings a day in las vegas true or false that's absolutely correct dude did you did you see these questions no because i know my city there's a wedding chapel on every corner Las Vegas, as well as being referred to as Sin City, 
the city of light and the gambling capital of the world is also known as the marriage capital of the world. That, that is, is crazy. Okay. So number four, all of Las Vegas's hotels host a combined 65,000 rooms. True or false? I would say yes. And that is false. That's false? Yes. It's actually 130,000 when you combine all of Las Vegas hotels and almost always the occupancy is close to 90%. 90%, yeah. That's true. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> 130,000 yeah. rooms. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. So, Glenmar, you've now have four. You have three out of four. This is the last question. You've already won the game, but let's just see what happens, yes. right? The largest sum anyone ever won on Vegas, on Vegas slots, was $39 million. Okay. I don't know about that, but I'm going to say no. Yes. Yes. I'm going to say yes. It's yes or no. I'm giving you the fire. Ding, 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 ding. It's a yes. And it is true. Yes, it's $39 million. I know it was some millions, but I didn't know the exact figure, but I know it was over $20 million, yes. That is crazy. They say yes. at Excalibur, 25-year-old software engineer put in $100 and yes. ended up taking home $39 million, beating yes. the odds, one in 16.7 million. Yes. That is yep. ridiculous. So Glenroy Marshall, you've walked away with five, four to five. <laughs> Have you ever won any money from, from have, do you gamble? No. Bye. No. I tell you, Glenroy is more reserved. Glenroy doesn't do those stuff. Don't gamble. I was just going to ask you how much money you've ever won in, a, in like, you know, slots or whatever, but okay, no, no problem. I don't care. All right. Well, guys, we're going to be talking today with Glenroy Marshall again. We're going to be talking to him about just basically his life and what he has faced in his life. I have so much things to ask you, man. Like, you know what? Take it right now. Shoot your shot. Just go straight. Shoot, <laughs> shoot your shot. Okay. Don't the thing cut, is, the thing don't is, don't cut corners. Don't cut corners. Okay. Fine. Nope. Straight up. No, Glenn Wright. The thing is, I don't know much about you. I mean, I, I've looked at you, some of your videos. I mean, they're very plain. I could say they're very frank, right? Yeah. Like that's that's putting it very nicely. But they're very frank. They're very straight to the point. Um, I think you know what you're about and you're about that. But I want to go back in, in the past and kind of ask, like, like, how did That's you right. know? How did you know for certain that you are, you are gay, you are homosexual? How did you know that? Steven, Steven, uh -huh. all right, you just did something there that I didn't like. What's that? Don't cut the corners when you're talking to me. Of course. If you're going to talk to me, mm -hmm. you're going to talk to me. If you want to say... Any word, any mm -hmm. phrase that you want to say, I am giving you the permission to say nothing you say on this live, on this um, podcast will offend me okay. because I, I know you personally you do. and I don't think you are a rude or disrespectful person. Not even close. <laughs> you say, I want you to be very open and frank with your conversations and questions because that is the reason why I chose to come on the podcast. So mm -hmm. be very frank and open. How did I know that I was gay? Mm -hmm. Um... I'm going to shock you, but um, at a very early age, I I can go back to being in Virtual's um, preschool, in Oldwood preschool, mm -hmm. that was, you know, adjacent to the police station over there. Yes. Um, I went to that same preschool. Yeah, you're not telling me I know. Oh, stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've known you for quite some time. I know you're a long time, too. It's not a short time. 
Mm. Um, at a very early age, when I entered that prime that preschool there, um, I knew deep down in my core that I had an attraction to men. And I want you to hear me out here. I knew I had an attraction to men. However, I did not know what it entails of being attracted to a man or getting with a man. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say that, I, I, I did not actually know, and I guess I'm going to dive into something, but I want you to pull me back. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I did not know men and men could actually be sexually involved with other men in the way in which we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always knew deep down inside that I had an attraction to men, which I didn't act upon. Of course, I was a very young age. Um, but saying that I just couldn't express those things being a child mm-hmm. because I wasn't raised in a community or a family that allowed me to be who I genuinely wanted to be. I was more nurtured into nature, Mm -hmm. right? My family, my father, for example, who you may have known, Mm -hmm. or you may know, he was a raster. He -hmm. believed in Rastafarian religion. So any signs of his son, his second son, portraying to be gay or what what others would assume to be not normal, quote unquote, would be, you know, you corrective measure, measures would have been used for lack of better terms. So like what, um, like what, 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 what would he have done? Or what did he do anything? That's, let me ask that question. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, I got beaten many times for speaking certain ways. I got beaten many times for walking certain ways. I get yelled at for saying certain things or doing certain things a different way. Um, you know, I would be chastised for being like my mother opposed to just being by myself. So I was always compared to my mother, I was always compared mm-hmm. that I wanted to be a faggot or a girl when indirectly inside me, I didn't ever want to be a faggot. I didn't ever want to be a girl. I just wanted to be a gay man, mm-hmm. a gay boy. But then and did you, a, did you have ahead. anybody that, like, did you have anybody at that time that you saw that like, okay, this person was like you, like at the time, like at that time in yeah, a young or, age? There are there are other um, young boys who were in virtual Oldwood preschool who I presumed were of the same thing because I you know you know when you see a duck you walk like a duck you talk like a duck and quack like a duck it is a duck um, you know you see certain things but I had an experience um, growing up that really solidifies that yes I am actually gay because mm-hmm. even though I knew I was gay mm-hmm. I was trying my best to fight it. When I say fight it, I don't think I was fighting it for my sake. I was fighting it to prove other people wrong that I'm not like that because that's what my family or my father per se wanted. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really accepted it. I knew it, but knowing and accepting is two different things. That's true. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. So I I knew I was gay, but I didn't accept it. So I did things contrary to my own better judgment of my own, what I wanted for my own self. Mm -hmm. I did things differently. So, but I always knew that I would, I like men. <laughs> wow. So you had, so you said that what you were trying to do was to fit inside the mold that, that, that your family, that your father, that you, you know, your parents and so on. Society created. Society created. So you were actually, were you actually like doing things to try to be a heterosexual male or like, were you like. Boy, I wish to see your face right now. I've been with plenty of women. So let's just put it out there. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. Well, <laughs> Dude, again, you're teaching me. High school, I've been sexually active with women since in virtual high school. 
So, 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 okay. So you say you had an experience. When did this experience happen then? Like, when did you, you say you had an experience where you said, okay, definitely for sure, this is it. When Let's did that happen? The conversation first before I get into that. Okay, this thing sure. leading up to that. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. But the, the thing is you, I mean, what I'm trying to capture is because I think uh, I've always reasoned that, 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 you know, whenever we see something different in our society, we try to squash it because we don't understand it. All right. So like, it's, it's like mm -hmm. you're coming to me, Glenn, and you're, you know, you're moving like your mother, uh, you're being effeminate. And I'm saying, look, no, that's wrong because nobody else does that. Right. Like, yeah. how did you end up dealing with that? Like, how did you end up dealing with that kind of, that kind of rejection? Internal hate. Wow. Internal hate. Um, I turned to sex at a very young age. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I've had a very risque sexual past lifestyle. Um, I, it was a lot of internal hate that stemmed from that, that led me into that. But we can talk about that as well. I'm not ashamed or even surprised of talking about it because I'm very much comfortable with it now. So you, you, you looked, so you actually, you say you had like, you, had, you dealt with it through self-hate. So you, you inflicted things upon yourself that, that you probably would never do rationally. Um, that is correct. And, and this, this evolved, you said you use sex as a, sex as a, an escape from it at a very young age. And, and, and I'm sorry to push. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not pushing. Sad go right ahead. I okay. don't want you to, don't, don't give me the, the clean side of you. Give me it straight. I, I, this is me. It's actually me. Cause I, I, I don't. You're okay. not offending me. So go ahead. Okay. So you had, okay. So you had your first experiences when? I had my first experiences. Okay. Let's break down my sexual past. Um, when I said my first experiences, my first sexual experiences that wasn't defined by me was given onto me, was placed upon me. Of all of this. Um, I, 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 <laughs> you could see my face, right? I could see your face. I could. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me, let me go into this. Um, while I was in virtual high school, while going through primary school, I've had, you know, little interactions here and there, mm -hmm. just hugging up and kissing with other men. Mm -hmm. Well, other boys. Let me say boys for now. Okay. Um, when I was leaving um, Bronte Welch Primary School, I had a teacher. He wasn't a teacher of Bronte Welch Primary School, mm -hmm. but he was a very well-known man in constituency number four. Mm. I'll put it that way. And he was... Um, I'm tiptoeing around this this here, not normally me, but um, yeah. Um, my first experience coming out of Brantwood Primary School, going into Virtuous High School, I did not hit one a one like everybody expected. Um, it was supposed to be ten of us from Brantwood High School going to one a one in Virtuous. However, only eight of us went, and me and my cousin actually went to one a two. Mm -hmm. And I met this particular teacher who decided that, you know, they have afternoon programs and they would love to help me. And my mom thought it was the best thing ever because she wanted me to go to 1A1 as well. And I was doing some homework, some extracurricular classes with individuals. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about this. It's public. I put it on social media many years ago. Um, that... And those encounters of me getting help with schoolwork end up me 
being sexually active with that individual. Oh no. Um, when I say sexually active, not penetrated sex, mm -hmm. but all sex. And I didn't, I don't think it resulted in penetration, penetrational sex because of the fact that it just wasn't working. If you understand mm -hmm. what I'm you yeah, mean. Yeah. It, it wasn't, wasn't for lack of train. It wasn't, I mean, he they tried. tried, we tried. Mm -hmm. Um, but while trying, I made a request to, to do oral sex because the physical pain from penetrational sex, it was just too much. For you. So I made a request to do oral sex, and I think I did oral sex up until I was 17 years. Um, yep, 17 years when I had left Virtuous High School, even though during Virtuous High School, I'm talking about with men now. Yeah, uh -huh. When I left Virtuous High School at the age of 17, that's when I had my first penetrational sex with actual uh, uh, same the same sex gender but over the years of doing that i didn't really care for myself i didn't really had any love i mean on the front mm -hmm. you would see a very happy bubbly child. yeah that's what i saw right everybody saw that but on the inside i was dealing with so much things internally mm -hmm. because of those experiences i didn't i wasn't given the opportunity to define what my first sexual experience or encounter would be. Mm. And the older I got, I began to realize that that even though I was making those requests for mm. oral sex, it wasn't because I genuinely wanted it. It was because it hurt less. And I felt that, Sorry. you know, this person had the power over me to basically do what they want. And quite frankly, we lived in a society that if I had say anything, no one would have believed me. So you didn't you didn't say anything, did you? Did you ever? I wrote about it, and um, it's funny because the person who I first told about this experience had the same experience with another teacher, the same teacher as well. Um, him and I, the guy who I told about it, him and I became close. Let's just say we were dating back home for quite a amount of years, and one day I opened up to him and I told him about my past, and he said to me, you know. I've had the same experience with that. Um, You've had the one? That's the only person. They've had the same experience with the person? They've had the same experience with that teacher as well. Oh, no. So it wasn't me alone. And, you know, like I said, from that experience from first form, I can remember one time something, and, you know, to this very day, I don't speak to that individual. There was an individual in 182, I remember the very first day of school, and a girl said something to me and she triggered off something that was said to me by that individual. And I lashed out at her. And all through my years of high school, mm -hmm. I never liked her again. Only now that I'm an adult, I see her on Facebook and I always want to reach out to her, but I don't have, I don't think I'm ready yet. You're not ready. Mm. I don't think I'm ready yet. But she said something to me that triggered me. And that was said by the same individual. And we never talked throughout the whole of high school, even now that we are adults. So, so man. Okay. Glenroy, this is a lot, is a lot for me to unpack because I have, I have so many questions. Like, Go ahead. all while this was happening, I mean, for you, how did you keep up? Because, I mean, when I was going to high school with you, and I think I have maybe, I have at least that, that I actually saw you in high school. But then you, yeah. you seem to be like the most, the most like confident person ever. 
Like I had to be confident, and I'll tell you why. My confidence was a front. Because I had to be confident because I was so broken inside that I felt that if I show the broken pieces of me, other people would have taken advantage of me, whether it be physically, emotionally, sexually, mentally, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I had to be that confident to, I had to portray that way because I, I wanted to give off this tough, bitchy image that nobody would come to me. Mm -hmm. Because if they come to me, if I show them the soft side, they would be able to break me down even more. Mm. One person in Virtuous High School was able to pick up on it one time, Latoya Gums. She's from Godwin. Oh, of course, I know Latoya. Yeah. Always been close. Mm -hmm. And she picked up on it one time, and we, we, we spoke about it outside um, 4, 482 on the corridor one time, and she, she realized what was going on. So she, she and I has always been close mm -hmm. since school, but I always had to portray that confidence because I did not want anybody else to see the broken child that I was. Because I was asking for so much help, mm. and nobody really saw that I was asking for help. All they saw was this little gay, faggot little boy up and down, just being a loud mouth, to be quite frank. Do you still do, you still do that? No. No. Um, I, well, wait, do I still do what? Do you still, like portray more of a hard demeanor like you know more of a that the whole because to me you're very very confident even to this day i haven't really let, seen let me explain that part i still do it i still want to have that bitchy mentality but i do it still because that's what i want people to get about i really don't i'm gonna be honest with you steve mm -hmm. if i could stay home and don't talk to anybody i'm happy like believe mm -hmm. i swear to god a lot of people see me and they think that I'm such an extrovert, but I actually, in reality, I'm an introvert. Mm. When I come on social media, I do it because that's just what I love to do. But outside of social media, I can't be bothered with people. Mm. I, my coworkers invite me out all the time, and I said, no, I'm good. I always have an excuse to give them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be around people. Um, I don't do it now in that degree because I'm much more confident now. I'm very much aware of who I am. Mm. I'm very... You know, I have, I've accepted that, Glenora, you're gay. You are a gay black man. You're going to be everything you said you're going to be. So I've already accepted that part of me. So I'm confident within that itself. Mm -hmm. But I put out this tough image that is out there because I really don't like being approached. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm being so frank. Like, I, I don't like being approached because I feel like a lot of people come to me with, the fact that I'm always on cloud 10 because that's what they see on social media. Mm -hmm. But even sometimes they go to New York, like yeah. David, and some people would see me and they'll be on cloud 10. Hey, Kyle. And I'm just like, um, come down, come down, come down. <laughs> like, this is not Kyle. This is Glenroy. You see, this is Glenroy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm calm. People be like, I thought you were more like hype and stuff like that. And I'm just like, no, I, yeah. In my personal life, I'm pretty calm and collective, but on a man, in, in, if you see Kyle, mm -hmm. Kyle is totally different to Glenn Roy. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't really know Glenn Roy. They know Kyle. Mm -hmm. So, but both persons are still very confident in who he is. Mm. This is interesting, man. This is really, this is really, I can't even, this is interesting. You are, you are now the second guest that I've had that has exposed on the fact that they have two clearly defined personal personas. Oh, I, I'm two people. I tell people that all the time. Um, there's Glenroy, 
and there's Kyle, you would never, ever see Kyle in public. Mm -hmm. You would never, ever sit down at a dinner table with Kyle. Kyle only comes on social media. Glenroy is never on. I don't, Glenroy don't do social media. Mm -hmm. Kyle does social media. You would never, ever get an opportunity to see Kyle in public. So you only see me on social media. Mm -hmm. Like doing this with you now, you're mm -hmm. getting Glenroy. You're not getting Kyle. This is, it's so interesting because now that you said, okay, you've broken on the personas to me. And I have yeah. more questions now because it's like... Go ahead. When, when these things were being done to you, because obviously you were sexually abused, all right? Because a I teacher... I want to put it that way. I want to put it that way. And I think the only reason I'm saying that is I'm being upfront because... <laughs> let, me, let me start from the top because I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I wasn't sexually abused because I liked it. Oh, you liked it. Okay. Yes. The, the only reason... I mean, I don't want to say sexually abused then. Let me say sexually forced because... The thing is, you were dealing with a much older person, all right? Yeah. You were, at the time, you were in your formative years or whatnot. Even if you were attracted to males, I'm not so sure if a male who is of age is supposed to be, I'm not going to say this in a bad way, but taking advantage yeah. of somebody who is much younger and in school. This is a student. Like, this is, on like, even when it comes to, like, our society where bus men tend to get away with, with I call it sexually abusing young girls. And the reason... That, that they get away is because people say, oh, the young girl is forcing herself out of fast or whatever the case is. But I believe the more responsible person is the older person. You know, my situation is not new, right? No, it's not. It's not, no. no. And you know, my situation still goes on today as we speak right now, right? As in, in terms of the, the older men, younger man dynamic? Or the, is, what? Of course. So, so older men still force themselves, try to force themselves on you? Well... You told me to be direct. I'm being a very, very direct. I, trust you me. I, I love your question. Mm -hmm. um, I'm tiptoeing with my answer. But um, older men are still direct towards me and older men are still direct towards other young men who are not of age to give consent to their sexual, to se to their sexual life. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so let me ask you the philosophical question. The way that your life transpired in terms of even that sexual relationship between you and, the t and a teacher um teacher who is male if yes. you had to do it again i mean i i, I just i just want to say what what could have been done differently uh what would you have done differently would you have done anything differently i don't know if even being in 2019 i don't think society has given men who are, or even women who are considers themselves different or out of the norm, the tools to deal with these things. So internally, I think even in 2019, I would have seen internalized what I was going through and kept it to myself mm. and try to deal with it as the best way I can. Because I don't even think today I would have been so vocal in speaking to an adult about it. I'm just being very frank with you. I don't think there is nothing I could have done differently as a child that mm -hmm. I did then. And I would go back and look at it and say, I should have done this differently. Because even 2019 today, I still have young boys in St. Nevis reaching out to me where their mothers are not believing them. Mm. I still have young girls reaching out to me after recording conversations of their fathers, their stepdads molesting them. Mm. Um, and they've recorded these conversations, giving it to their mothers or their guardians, 
and they still don't believe them. So I don't think the tools that we have today are very different from the tools we had 15 years ago. Mm. That's really and, sad. And that's because of the society that we live in. We give um, belief to the people's kids. We don't believe our children. Mm. Man, okay. So, I mean, I'm probably asking you a lot, but like, like, Go ahead. How do we? How do we? How do we deal with that? Because I'm, I'm looking at. Suppose the situation was a little flipped. You're a young man. You are 13 years old, 14 years old. You're in high school, and a teacher is coming on to you. A teacher is being very sexually, um, well, not not abusive yet, but they're being they're, they're drawn to you, and they're drawn to you in a way that is inappropriate. You don't like it. What are you telling those? guys to do what what is it what is what do you society is telling them to don't show emotions society is telling them to if a man is uh, molesting you you should keep quiet about it because society is telling you internally as a young man you should not show any signs of weakness you should always be the tough rough guy that they want you to be so when you're faced with these challenges they don't give you the opportunity or they don't they haven't created a path for you to express those concerns because as soon as you express those concerns, they look at you as being a punk, a faggot, a sissy. Um, you know, they don't look at the person who's molesting you as a bad person. They look at the child and say, how could you let him do that to you? Mm. You're wrong. They beat you. They punish you verbally and physically for being molested. When they let the person who molested you walk scot-free. Yes, yeah, true. In my situation, had I said anything about that individual, I could guarantee you 120%, yeah. I would have not, no one would have believed me because this was a very prominent man in all of our communities, in every school in St. Kitts and Nevis. This conversation has like come up before and it's like the same thing I keep saying. Why are we defending? And, and I, I'm not sure if the rest of the world is going, you know, ahead of us because in St. Kitts, I still think we live in a sort of microcosm where our society does not... Um, we, we don't recognize victims. You, you know, it's what I'm not saying? Think it's um, it's not just think it's Stephen. It's 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 all over. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's all over. Um, other Caribbean islands as well. Like it's the same thing. Like, boy, <laughs> I have two Facebook accounts, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes just just as my partner, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes he asks me, "How do you keep up?" Sometimes I say, can you answer that message for me? Because I just not in the, my mind is not there. I'm yeah. so blank sometimes. And there's a lot of young men and young women who are reaching out to me. Parents are reaching out to me with a lot of different stuff because I'm so vocal about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they have nowhere to turn. Nowhere to turn. I have a little boy. Uh, next topic. <laughs> you have a little, okay. Um... Man, that story, you, you, you started it and you just got me like, I, I want to hear this story about this. Right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't know this mm -hmm. and she doesn't know this. He reached out to me in 2017 about some some problems he is having with a coach. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know this. His mother-in-law reached out to me with the same thing because she searched his phone mm -hmm. and she saw the conversations. And... I have screenshots of the conversation. I know who the adult is. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to the adult twice about the same situation with another kid, of course. Um, and the, the father of the child is chastising his child. What? While, listen to me now. 
The father mm -hmm. is chastising his child for shutting down a man who is telling him that he has a good body and he has a good penis and stuff like that. But the father is not doing nothing to the coach to the because coach. the coach is a popular coach. But the mother is the mother-in-law is coming to me on advice as to what she can do, where she can go to get justice for this because the little boy is so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't want to stop the sport that he's playing because he feels that's his meal ticket out of St. Kitts to become successful. And he's a great kid at what he does. Mm -hmm. Very great kid. He's just 14, 15 years old. Very good kid. Mm -hmm. That's going to be his meal ticket to get him to university, college, whatever it is. So he doesn't want to stop, but he feels threatened. But Every that's classic. That's classic predatory behavior, though. That is that classic. Every day. But we have not created a space for this little boy to be open and talk about his experiences. Mm. So that's why it's going to be always swept under the table and no one is going to come forward. I no mean, one. I'm going to ask you this. Is, is it that you found that most of these, 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 these predatory people, um, are they, do they have that sort of like that heterosexual sort of front? Is it that oh, sure. most of the time? They're the most heterosexual man. You see them on Facebook, on social media with 500 women. You see them big married men. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, they, they have this very, let's just say they have a persona of the Prince of England. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that way. What do you think? What do you think that is? That Because the thing is, I think I grew up in a, in a, in a society and, and I don't go to talk about saying it, but I'm guessing it's, it's, it's more or less, around the Caribbean, Jamaicans, everybody. Why do we see the gay man as the, the enemy? Why do you think we see... Because, I mean, I bring up this conversation. I could tell you straight up that people are going to be uncomfortable just even, even listening to some of what you have to say. Why is it that we take the, the homosexual and we say, you are the enemy? Why do we say that? Why is, why is that so? Let me ask you a question. Um... No. People hate what they don't know or understand. And if you don't know something, sometimes we can be very ignorant and small-minded towards what we don't know, what we don't understand. Um, let's take you back to school. In school, when you didn't understand a subject and you wanted to drop that subject and you were forced to do it, you really wouldn't pay any attention, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we are raised in a society that when we don't understand something or we don't want to hear about something, we automatically internalize it, that we just hate it, so we don't really care. So we see that person or that thing as the enemy or we see that person as something that, you know, they're below us. We don't really care about that. So that is the same mentality that we have today. Have you ever turned to religion? Religion? Who? <laughs> Asking you openly. Have you ever turned to like um, the Christian faith? Did you ever feel like um, maybe God or you know the advent of religion could help you? Or I love I I I love um, <laughs> I love I love love. Um, I don't do religion. I think religion has separated us from um, a lot of different things. And that's a whole other topic. Um, I think the churches has lost the meaning of church because me being a gay man, they won't accept me because I'm gay until I have something financial to give to them. And, oh, wow, um, wow, wait, 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 what? <laughs> hold up, hold up. 
So you're saying if you had, if you were rich, they would accept you? You've you've had cases of because this? Have I'm you seen? They, I'm, I'm, I'm going to them and then I'm filling up their com collection plate or whatever it is. If I was a gay man and I was to sing a song that would make the church money, they'll love me. But if I was, if I'm a gay man and I just come to church and want to sit down and hear the word of God, they're going to put me to the back to sit down. I couldn't go up on the pulpit to preach because I'm a gay man. Mm -hmm. Once I'm not of financial um, substance to them, they don't see me or deem me valuable. Mm. That's like Danny McClurkin. That reminds me of Danny McClurkin. Okay. <laughs> and he makes money for the church. But let me ask you this. The church, so he's widely loved. If I was to give the church 20% of my earnings, they would love me for that. But mm. because I can't give them the, anything of my earnings and I just want to hear the word of God, I wouldn't be accepted. And I'm going to go back to St. Kitts and Nevis as well. Mm. A lot of pastors there, they preach the word of God, but they skip over the Bibles when they talk about loving it. But anyway, that's a whole different topic. The Bible talk about a lot of different things that, you know, I find it interesting that a lot of people run to the Bible to, you know, to use their cause to say why they hate the homosexual lifestyle, mm -hmm. but forget that the Bible talk about a lot of different things. But sorry, me personally, have I ever run to religion? No, because the religion never opened its doors to me. Even when you were growing up? What, whether, whether growing up or even now as an adult, um, people, religion has never opened its doors to a gay man unless it's a financial obligation to them. If they did, what? How would that? Um, how would that affect you? I don't think it would have an impact on me because I, 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 I am of the view that this is authentically, genuinely who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't think that religion would have made me not be gay because I don't think I have a switch to turn mm -hmm. off and say, okay, let me turn it off today, or let me turn it down today, or let me turn it up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. This is just who I am. So I don't think going to church or going in the church to seek God, as some would say, would deter me from being authentically who I am. That's the thing. It's like it's it's so much because I've been I've been trying to do some research before I even came to talk to you. I've been like just researching, trying to because I don't want to come to this conversation. I have anything at all to add to it. Um, yeah. um, and what the big debate is, is, is people are asking, uh, Men born gay, or men or women born gay, or is it something of a nurture situation? Okay. Uh, what do you we think? We both in Oldwood partially, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Oldwood is a, would you agree that Oldwood is a very tough crowd? Yes, man. Oldwood is one of the toughest places. So do you really think that me would have chosen to be gay, knowing who my father was and is, mm -hmm. and in such a taboo community, I would have put myself, choose to be gay and put myself at so much risk. No, I, that's the thing. I don't think you would. I okay. don't think you would. And I think even in St. it's not, it doesn't even have to do with like being in old road or any specific okay. place. I'm, I, I it is the harder road to travel. Race, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think that anyone would put themselves in danger knowing that they're going to be killed, knowing that they could be chastised for the rest of their lives. I don't think no one would put themselves in that danger. How did you deal with that, man? Like, how did you... Internalize hate. And, and so, 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 but wouldn't that mean that you are agreeing with the people who chastise and belittle you? Elaborate on that question. Because you said the way you deal with it, and, 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 and it's, it's so, it's so, like, okay, this is... Mm. When I was growing up, right, I remember a teacher said to me in Birchers High School, you'd never be nothing. You really? Yeah, of course. 
you're going to die young. You'll never be nothing. You need to stop this lifestyle. So all throughout my years of life, I grew up thinking I am going to die before I'm 30. I kid you not. All throughout my years, I grew up thinking I'm going to die before I'm 30. I either thought I'm going to get AIDS and die, like they said, mm. or I'm going to get shot and killed. Well, I haven't been shot yet and I don't have AIDS and I hope I don't get it at any point in time. Mm -hmm. However, I grew up with that mentality that I'm going to die young. Let mm. me just put that out there. So me being living a risky lifestyle, mm -hmm. I just knew I had to enjoy life. So since I was going to die young, I was going to die young, make sure I enjoy my life. Wow. Then why? I said to my um, boyfriend a few um, a few days ago, I actually texted him while I was at work. I had just come out of a meeting and I said to him, I said, thank you for giving me a second chance of, at life. He said, what the hell do you mean by that? I said, because all the years growing up, I always thought that I would die at the age of 30, either from HIV AIDS, like everyone said, mm -hmm. because I'm a gay man or I would be shot and killed because nobody would accept me. Nobody would ever love me. Mm -hmm. And I said, thank you for giving me a second chance at life. Because at the age of 28, when I left Canada and I moved to Hawaii, um, I was just done with this whole I was just done with everything and everybody. And then when I met him, I turned 30 with him. And then we just continued there on. I'm 34 years this year to the math. So that's why I said thanks. Do you think that you had to leave St. Kitts to find like your true love? or I had love when I was in St. Kitts. I was with someone there for seven years. Mm. Straight. Seven years. Mm -hmm. um, he had his girlfriends. Um... What? No one you know, I felt like you were going a different direction with that. I was like, you know, with him for seven years, and that means with him for seven years. He had his girlfriends. Um, and I say girlfriends because he had many of them between you. during that seven years mm -hmm. while we were together. There's never a point where he was with me that he didn't have a girlfriend, and that is something that I I gave him the green light to do because I didn't. I was protecting him, and I'm always going to protect him. I would never, ever mention his name to mm. anyone still. I mean, he has his family now and everything. But, you know, we were together for seven full years. Even when I went to Canada, he came to visit me and everything. We mm. would, you know, do certain things together throughout the Caribbean. And, um, you know, I I allowed him to have a girlfriend because I knew back in Sinkett that I wouldn't be able to have a openly gay, gay same-sex relationship like I would have wanted back then. So I, I had love. I, I, I can't say I wasn't loved. I had love. I mean, he spent many nights, weeks at my house. I mean, mm -hmm. he drove my car, everything. Mm -hmm. But he did it discreetly. So I had love. So I, I, if I was in St. Kitts, I would have found love. Mm -hmm. But it was as open as I am today with my partner. What do you feel about, like, I mean, even in that situation that you're describing, you had love for seven years. Do you think that he is doing something wrong by having a family uh, with a woman? Or a no. You don't think it's like pretend? Is it? Is it like living no. a lie or? No, no, no. So, so do you, why? Why, why do uh, you think so? Because bisexuality is real, and he's not gay. He's he's not straight. He's bisexual. He enjoy having lo being loved and being with a man and a woman. He's not gay. He's mm. bisexual. And until we, as a, as a society, 
understands what it means when we are as soon as we understand gender identity sexual preference sexual orientation and we understand they all three are different we will be able to understand that bisexuality is real and until society creates a space for men who want to walk live and tell their truth then if he feels that he has to have a woman and kids and a family to protect him from being alienated then so let it be who am i to tell him what to do with his life Mm. Who am I to tell him that he cannot live the life the way he wants to live his life to protect himself from being alienated from the, from his own family? So his family doesn't know about his bisexual or bi-curious nature? No. And they probably will never know, that's what you're saying? I can guarantee that they will never know until he tells them, if he tells them at all. Wow. Um... If you had to change, I mean, by hey, Glenn, right? I have a lot of questions for you. Why, why go ahead, men? Are you pulling back far? Me pulling back and just I, 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 I taking it one step at a time. Because the thing is, what happens is we are not very educated in 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 the thing. Because I've I've asked. Okay, let me tell you what happened is lately. That we're not educated, or we don't want to be educated. That's that's probably the question. Because I know okay. for sure um, that again. Okay, let me let, well, let me. Know, let me surprising, let, I'm going to stop you right there. Sure, go ahead. I have a question for you after you finish. Surprising to me mm -hmm. is I was surprised when you reached out to me. Mm -hmm. Why? You know, we have never, ever spoken in life before. No, no, we've never, no. Never spoken in life. Mm -hmm. So if someone of your caliber. I have a caliber? Came, hold on. <laughs> someone of your caliber who came from a very, very good family and everything is going to take the time out to do the homework yourself and do this, it tells me that it's not that people don't have the education, they choose not to. So yeah. congrats to you. Well, it's, it's, it's the access. And you know, the thing is, this show here, I mean, the Objectively Incorrect podcast, where it has taken me in terms of understanding people is, is astounding. Like, I want to understand you because I saw a video the other day, you were talking, I mean, you do these videos periodically, and yeah. I see Kyle. I see Kyle, like yeah. even, That's even, nice. even the way that you, 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 you express yourself is not the Glenn Ryder I remember. It's like the Glenn Ryder I remember on steroids, right? Yeah. It's like a lot, right? And the thing that got me is that the other day, I think you had a post about the same, um, being abused or uh, having a sexual experience while you were younger with a teacher. And at the same time, me and my girlfriend was having, we were having a lot of conversations about abuse, sexual abuse specifically. And the reason I wanted to reach out to you is because we have such a misconception that, that homosexual men are not real people. Like, this is, this is true. When I was growing up, a lot of, whenever you, you say, okay, that guy is an anti-man or whatever. Like, it's just ridicule. It's pure hatred. It's almost like somebody is supplanting all of life's deficiencies on this person. I always found it to be, like, unfair because as I got through life, I, I got more friends. And more friends means you're going you're gonna to run into guys who are homosexuals. I remember one time one friend told me, he was like, hey, Steve, um, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm bisexual and I just wanted to tell you. And I'm like... Wow. Like, like you could imagine, like, as a, as a heterosexual man, this is a shock to me. Like, I didn't even feel like this guy had, like, effeminate tendencies. And it changed my whole view 
of what a homosexual man is because we you, you usually have it as a homosexual man is this kind of flamboyant yeah exactly extra and the dress this way and does you know got his wrist and so on but like this guy this friend of mine he is very manly like he's a very manly very well-dressed well thing guy and he came from a similar household that i came from which was very religious and so on so it's like i needed to reach out to you to understand what is it what is it that we are missing about the human element of homosexuality like what is it that we're not why is it so difficult i don't think that we as humans are missing anything Mm. i think we are putting on a blind eye to what's right there in front of us um you know you mentioned earlier there that your friend came to you and said he's bisexual Mm -hmm. because even me uh, um a gay a gay man um when I was back in St. Kitts, a lot of people used to say, oh, you're a faggot or you're gay, you're anti-man, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they internalized that as I wanted to be a girl. And if I can be very candid and open and honest with you, I've never, ever, ever wanted to be a girl. Mm-hmm. Never. I've never dressed up in drag or wanted to wear women clothing. Not that I have a problem with that or mm-hmm. those people who do it. I've just never been that guy. I just always wanted to be me. So, you know, and a lot of people look at it as as soon as you're different, quote unquote, they look at you differently. My best friend and people are shocked when I tell people my best friend are straight, Mm. like real hardcore straight. And people be like, what the hell? I'm like, yeah, he lives in St. Kitts. He's a straight man. And everybody's like, what the? Yeah, exactly. What's up? (laughs) Because it, 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 it challenges the stereotype because we just have it that gay people exist in this cult realm. Yeah, and and, it, and it, it is so like it is it is incorrect. And the, the question the question that always comes up in my mind is like if you had to deal like if it's your family member, then how do you how do you deal with that? What 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 is the what is I mean, even for you, you said people come to you and ask about being gay all the time. I know or uh, I found out that my son is gay. I don't have a son yet, but I found out my son is gay. How do I go about dealing with, 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 with that? Boy. Listen, as much as you want to talk, as much as you want to say what you want to say, a person would love me for being gay. They -hmm. would love me. They would adore me for being gay. But let they have their own child or family say, I am gay. The hate comes out right then and there. I have people on Facebook and I challenge them all the time. Mm -hmm. They love me for who I am. They love me for being open. They love me for being gay. But I asked them a few months ago, had your son tell you that you're gay, what would be your... Would you love him the same way you claim you love me? And a lot of them said no. They could take it from someone else. They can't take it from their own child. Why is that so? (laughs) It's not that we can't take it. We just don't want the next door neighbor to know that, hey, my son and my daughter is gay. We, we, we're going to love them when they're inside the house. But as soon as they get outside, it's a different situation because that's when the neighbor is going to know my son is gay or my daughter is gay. So they don't want the general public to know that they have a gay son or daughter. But internally, they're going to love them on the inside, but they're going to chastise them on the outside. Hey, I tell you the truth. That's how, that's how it is. You see, the it's problem is... about who's around us. Yeah, exactly. Because if you, if, if me and you were brothers, 
right? It's, it's, it's interesting that the way you conduct yourself is almost a reflection. It's not almost, it's a reflection of me. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So if I am not like, if you're going out there and you're saying, look, I am gay and I'm proud to be gay and I'm in the parade and all that. Like, it's like, hey, but you ain't see your father, your, your brother is, your, your brother gay. What, what going on with your gentleman brother? You know, like, and you're like, you got to answer for that. No, it's no, you have to take personal responsibility. And a lot of the times, instead of saying, no, he's a human being first and that's who he is. He's expressing who he wants to be. We join in or we become defensive to the point that he's like, we get, we get ashamed. It's yes. like, I can't believe that he's that way. It, it is absolutely true. You're right about that. It is absolutely true. But then how do you deal? I mean, how is your family situation now? Because... <clears throat> um, my mother has always been in my corner. I think when I moved away in... Um, when I first moved to Canada, um, you know, there was always that struggle between me and my family as to who I am and what I am. Um, <clears throat> I've never actually told my mom I'm gay. I've never actually said mm. mom I'm gay. Never. Um, never introduced her to anybody that you were dating? Oh, child, come on now. Not even <laughs> like mom, on the internet? My mom knows everybody I date. Oh, up to yeah. when I have sex in the early ages of my life. Like, we are that close now. But you didn't tell her about the, the, the teacher? I told, I wrote her a letter actually in 2012. No, mm. 2008. Sorry. Um, and I told her about that experience and told her what it did to me and ways in which she failed to recognize these things mm -hmm. and ways in which I failed as well as a child, you know, certain demands that I had as a kid. And um, she called, she didn't call me for like a good two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I call her, I'm like, you got my letter? She's like, yeah. And then she immediately started apologizing. I said, nope, stop. I don't want to hear it now. Mm -hmm. You did something wrong as a parent, as a mother. As a single mother, you did the best you could in the time in which you did it. So it's not your fault that I was molested. It's not your fault that you allowed me to go get help with school and that teacher took advantage of me. So mm. she took responsibility and I didn't want that to happen. But um, me and my mother has a very, 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 very relationship. close relationship. Me and my father has, we, we don't have a relationship. Um, I'm not going to butter it up because I'm talking to you or nothing. Mm. My father and I has separated our ways. We've gone our separate ways. I love him. I will always love him. And I'm sure he would always love me as well. Mm. But my father doesn't respect me who I am as a gay black man. Mm. He doesn't respect me as being his gay son. So I respect his wishes. And I, I respect him enough to let go in the name of love. Hopefully sometime in the future we can come around mm. and be better. But um, he doesn't respect me for who I am. So unfortunately we're not going to keep going back and forth at each other's neck i prefer to let go in the name of love and come back at another time, time yeah. it's in a different place but is it that you and your brothers and your siblings like do you guys all like all of them like my little last brother i often say well, i mean i could say they often say he's my favorite which he is mm -hmm. um he he we talk every day you know, I, we, we talk, like me and my brothers talk, even my oldest brother, you know, he had his little issues at first when I, you know, when it was publicly known that I, yeah, I don't think he was ever even private, mm -hmm. but um, when I first got married, he was very upset about that. And uh, we, we hadn't talked for a good couple of months and then he came around, but we, we're pretty good now. I can say that my, my mother and her kids and all of me are very, very close now. Wow. 
Why? Okay, so in terms of your friendships, do, do you find that the community that you live in now is much more accepting of you as a person or is it that you still face the same kind of persecution that you faced here? I don't really live apart. I, I, I'm Even though I'm gay, I don't really get around the gay community. Um, I, I don't... Listen, mm -hmm. I live a life that I want to live. I don't see it as a gay life or a straight life because... You know, I'm just me. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm just enjoying life. And whether that may be doing gay stuff or straight stuff, I don't, had I been straight, would I be able to differentiate what's gay and what's not, what's not gay? Mm -hmm. So as a, as a human being, I don't live my life as a gay male. I live my life as a, a human being, right? And I think that is one of the things that I had to recognize at an early age is that I'm just not gay. I'm still a human being. I'm still a man. Mm -hmm. So I'm still going to have to enjoy the fruits of being a man i'm still gonna have to enjoy the fruits of being a black gay male living in america i'm still gonna have to enjoy me so i don't really live a gay lifestyle of some may think like we're in the clubs we're turning up every night mm. i don't live that lifestyle and those who do kudos to you but i don't you don't what what is your do you do you have aspirations to have a family of course of course mm. and believe you me when i have a family i'm not going to adopt either i'm going to have sex with a woman so this is and this is okay with you and your partner excuse me this is okay with, with you and your partner is this something that you guys have agreed to like this is something that we both have discussed even before we got together i mean we're going on four years now so he must know who he's dealing with and i must know who i'm dealing with i'm not gonna have um i'm not i mean i'm not saying i would never adopt a kid or anything mm -hmm. but um i want to have a kid the natural way but then, okay, so now this brings us into the point that I didn't get to ask you about before. You said okay. that while you were in high school, you were also engaged in sexual activity with women. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how does that, how is that for you? Like, like, how did that happen for you? Is it that you attracted to women or? Let me ask you a question. At the beginning or any time throughout this conversation, did you ever ask me how do I identify myself? No, I never did. Okay, good question. That's it. I, I like your answer. And because you never asked me, how do I identify myself? I never, I never thought you, I, I never felt the need to express it. Oh. Now, if you want to ask me, how do I identify myself? Yeah, I'm how do you? Now, mm. I identify myself as a man. I identify myself as a human being. And mm. I'm, if I ever to have, for example, mm. if I'm ever to fall in love, I'm not going to fall in love with a man or a woman. I fall in love with a human being. Mm. I'm not going to limit myself to a gender because that's what society wants or expects. Um, I'm not going to limit my sexual desires to a man or a woman because that's what society wants. Mm. I have had sex, comfortable, amazing sex with women, and I've had comfortable and amazing sex with men. This is interesting. because So then you identify as? A human being. So you identify so you're not you're not you don't present to the whole um I am bisexual or I am gay or I am um I am and very lucky to have the same partner as well. He doesn't define he doesn't you know limit himself to anything. Um you know, I, I can't speak on his behalf, but I can say he's never been with a woman because we've had this discussion before. Mm. But I have been with many girls, many girls. Because and it's because you 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 find yourself attracted to the human being behind the sex, not just the. I'm attracted to intellect. I I love somebody who's gonna come and challenge me intellectually. I like somebody who's gonna come and ask questions. I get turned on by people 
getting wanting to know who I am mm-hmm. opposed to wanting to know what I have. And, and I'm not talking about nothing physical. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about I'm tired of the surface talk. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of like, send me a picture. I'm tired of like, let's go to the club. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of, you know, let's turn up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to sit down. I like to have a genuine, open conversation. I, I, when people who are dating me, I'm talking about, mm-hmm. are people who are interested in, in that perspective? I, I like to be stimulated. I, I, I like to presented on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I enjoy, you know, having a person over and cooking for them opposed to going out to spend a thousand dollars or impressing somebody with a dinner somewhere. Mm-hmm. I enjoy somebody coming over, help me folding clothes. I enjoy somebody traveling with me without anything sexual involved. I, I love that stuff. It's amazing. You know what's amazing? It's amazing that like between me and you, like is a is a very similar process for me. Like yes, I'm a hetero. I would identify as a heterosexual male because I, I, I even though I I have very close relationships with 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 other males, it's yeah. never it's not it's never cross crossing the boundaries of being romantic or wanting to 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 find them in that level attractive. And by all means, that's that's for whoever whoever is yeah. is close to that. But what I love. Is the conversations, man? Like, yeah, I like, love the conversations. If me and you could hold on a decent conversation, we could be friends. I could have a conversation with, um, let's say I have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. and conversation is just flowing, fully flowing. I love this, mm-hmm. but let's say if it's somebody who I know is interested in me, or I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love to know that somebody could stimulate me in more than something physical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does, does it make sense? It makes sense, yeah. They see you, yeah. you're transcended to something else. You're, you're, a, you're yes. like a spiritual being. Yes, I'm more, connect me on a higher level than something physical. I love to know that we can connect. And, you know, if, if I'm going to use, you know, let's connect on something that's not physical. Why, uh, why am I limiting that connection to a man or limiting that connection to a woman? Mm. Why am I limiting myself to a label? Or why do I have to define, why do I have to define myself to society's norms? And I, I just can't, sorry. I understand. I understand that. And I think um, in any mode, I, I could actually respect, um, look at me as a human being first. And everything else is is is, is shadowed oh, to the fact that I'm a human being, and maybe, yeah. maybe that's what what we miss is that, you know, we 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 We're missing the human aspect because yes. people see gay, they see a faggot, they see an antiman, they see a gay person, so they automatically close off that human aspect of things, mm-hmm. and then, but you know, saying that to say, me and my best friend, we con- he's a heterosexual man, mm-hmm. and we connect on conversations, right, uh-huh. and. We have the most in-depth conversation. And sometimes I show either blow his mind, like, how could this faggot boy be talking about pussy and my mm. relationships when he knows nothing about it? And sometimes it'll be like, I, I'm sure I'd blow his mind sometime because I'm always on track with him in our conversation mm. because he just sees me as a human being. And that's where we could get the most because I think like even when it comes to relationships fundamentally, it's just two human beings interacting 
Um, yep. And I know, like, it may not traditionally, I think um, a lot of people in, 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 in generations before us, they were very limited, like, in terms of knowledge, understanding, biology, anything. They were very limited. Yep. And they've passed on a culture that if you adapt to it and you accept it for as it is, it's going to limit your perception. It's going to limit your range and your viewpoint. Now, the thing is, I could, I mean, a lot of people say, like when I ask people about this, because before we had this interview, again, I did a little bit of research and I talked to some people about homosexuality and so on. Of course, I got some very, very hostile responses. Of course. It's like like super, super hostile, like more hostile than I think is necessary. And I I got the the, the, the temptation to say, okay, maybe the reason why you are against this is because you secretly had feelings and, you know, nobody would accept it. But then I changed my mind because I said, you know what? Maybe it has nothing to do with the appreciation of them them being able or having the capacity to have those feelings. But it has Let to do with conditioning. I'm going to challenge you. Sure, go ahead. You know what I would love for you to do? And I'm opening myself for this as well. If you can find someone who is respectful enough to hate the homosexual community who have no tolerance for it, mm-hmm. and if they can come in this podcast and be very objective and subjective as well, and be respectful to talk about our differences, them being a heterosexual man as to why they hate the homosexual, the gay community, I would come back on and have an open discussion with them if they're going to be respectful. About it. Absolutely. Well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll actually take you up on that challenge because I was hoping you would say something like that. Um, I, would, I would open myself, whether it may be from a religious aspect yeah. or just somebody who just doesn't understand the gay community and just don't like it at all, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, if they could come on and be respectful and not going to do, you know, yeah, derogatory really. or anything, mm-hmm. even if they're doing the derogatoriness from a place of not knowing, I would understand. But if they don't get personal, mm-hmm. I, w- I, would, I would open myself up to come back on and give my support. The thing is, you know what? We're going to do that because um, I think there's a lot of questions that I'm not going to I'm not going to ask, not because I don't have the questions, but because I would probably be more understanding because I connect to human beings like right now I'm connecting to you as a human being. And because yeah. of that, like a lot of things just make sense. You know what I mean? But somebody who has like a deeper, um, I don't want to say hatred, but a hate. deeper... Yeah, let's use the word hate. Let's call it like it is. Yeah. Like somebody who has a deeper hate. Has a deeper, it, yeah. Unaccept, are they, they more intolerable? More things and bring more clarity. Exactly. And even like suspend it, push the conversation to a different level because again, and I am not... Deeper. Yeah, deeper. Because the thing is for me, like on a religious level, like that's where I was taught the intolerance. Like my 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 religion, like I I, I practice Christianity. And it's funny because I said that to my mom. I said, Mom, I'm surprised that he reached out to me because I know him and his family is very deep in their religion. Yes, we so deep I'm very surprised. Deep Christian religion. But the thing is the the, the show and even before I call you, like I talked to my girlfriend at least like <laughs> at least five or six times. And she was like, You should do it. And I said, I wanna do it, but I just don't want it to be that, you know, it, it, it comes off not, not comes off wrong, but it comes off um as just like hearsay. I want it to be that me and Glenroy have a conversation, not me and maybe Glenroy trying to, you know, be the social media um, person that he is. I don't want that. I want to have a you nice... You want to get that. Um, you, that person, that Kyle person mm-hmm. is only for my social media. Okay. That's, um, and that's great. I, <laughs> if I could be open and honest with you, mm-hmm. I 
it's a whole marketing strategy. I'm going to be, I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a marketing strategy for me. And believe you me, it's, um, it's only for marketing. Sometimes if I don't have to put on that makeup on my face to come on this vlog and turn on all of these lights on top of me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I swear to God. Sometimes it's dreadful doing these vlogs. And that's why I try, I try to change them up now. And I do them in my car when yeah. I'm driving somewhere mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But Kyle, you would never have these conversations with Kyle. Never. At all. Never. So Kyle, Kyle, what, what would Kyle say? Kyle would be like, what, Kyle, what would Kyle would say? Kyle would be more... Kyle doesn't take part in... Nobody could contact Kyle. When you contacted me, mm-hmm. because I knew who you were, mm-hmm. and I knew what you did, I knew you wanted Glenroy. You didn't want Kyle. Mm-hmm. Because even if you... I remember I asked you, what are the expectations? Yeah, remember you I did. Asked, yes, mm-hmm. I asked you that questions because I wanted to, before I accepted, I wanted to see who you wanted because Kyle does not do interviews with anybody. Mm-hmm. Kyle only does interviews for himself. True. Now, when I'm on WinFM or when I'm on another radio program or I'm on my radio program every Tuesday night in Jamaica or whatever, they get Glenn Roy. They don't get Kyle. Nobody ever gets Kyle. Kyle doesn't do interviews. And the thing is, I'm happy. Like, you, you, you don't even know how, how happy I am that, like, um, you do have these clear distinctions because I think Glenn Roy is incredibly easy to talk to, right? I, I don't know how, how I but would I be... People getting, I don't like people getting close to Glenn Roy, though. No, right? I'm not, I'm not going to try to get, like, uncomfortably close to you, but it's just... No, 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 that... no, I'm not that perspective. I mean, mm. like, I use Kyle so people don't get close to Glenn Roy oh, because people are afraid to approach me in anything. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love the fact that no one feels comfortable to approach me because I don't want to deal with the bullshit. I got you. And you, you probably have to face a lot of that. Is yes, this stigma? I, like, for example, I got up this morning. There's my mom calling me trying to figure out how this interview is going, but I'll call her back. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I got up this morning and I got a message from a guy back in St. Kitts. And um, the message was a very inviting message. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, here we go. Like, would this guy just quit? And, you know, it, the funny thing is he's been talking to me for so long on social media. It's over, like, what, 2016 he's been talking to me? Mm-hmm. And I literally just gave him my WhatsApp, like, two months ago. What are you saying? And from since I gave him my WhatsApp, the whole conversation changed, child. And I'm like, as soon as I gave him a little touch of Glenroy, he's now pushing the boundaries into... Like, and I'm just like, that's why I don't like people to meet Glenroy. I just like them to meet Kyle, Kyle. when I'm on social media. Because people, Kyle is a soft person. Mm. Kyle is a caring person. Kyle is not, I mean, Glenroy, Glenroy is a mm. caring person. Glenroy is the, the level-headed one. Mm. Glenroy is the one that's going to think about things before he speak. I'm going to analyze things and analyze situations. Kyle don't. Mm-hmm. Kyle is on the I, cuff. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm just a shooter, a straight shooter. But there's a clear distinction between both of them. And a very I'm, clear distinction. I'm happy. And, and even for my listeners, like, I mean, the thing is, I've had friends who, who were gay, and a lot of the times, the questions I would ask them would be very straight up and very forefront. Like, I mean, how did you know? Like, did you know when you were late? Or did you, are you attracted to girls still? Like, it, it, is it, is it, you know, these kind of questions. And one thing that always came out to me is that people enjoy or are more comfortable living a lie than they are living the truth. And when I said that, is it is that a lot of guys who we see as straight people, 
them they are more comfortable in the public eye being straight or having that demeanor of being straight versus actually facing the truth that hey look I'm attracted to guys like I'm attracted to guys enjoy it hmm? do you really think they enjoy it and that's the thing and maybe that's a question do you think they enjoy it like this is probably something that you no they don't they don't you know what's really funny brother I'm gonna step on a few toes here go ahead. It's funny because a few years ago, I was in when I was back home in St. Kitts, I was chastised a lot. I mean, you can say that too. I was chastised a lot for being gay. And I travel a lot now. Mm-hmm. Um, New York. I go to New York a lot. I go to Miami. I go to um, when I was in Toronto. And a lot of the men that used to chastise me for being gay, I see them in the same gay clubs. Oh, man. So, for example, one time I was in Canada. In 2014, I went back to Canada for that year. And um, I was in a club, a gay club, a very popular gay club. And I was there, and I was just minding my business. And someone came, and they hugged me from the back, and they kissed me. And I'm like, who the hell is this? Mm -hmm. When I turned around, I saw the face, but I didn't recognize the face. But then I was like, wait, 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 hold on. Isn't this... He was like, yes, it's me. So then I said, uh-uh, come on. What's going on here? What are you doing in here? Mm. And he pulled me outside and he talked to me. He's like, every time you used to come in the bank, I used to hate it. I said, why? He said, because every time you come in the bank, I wanted your confidence. I mm. wanted to be you, but I could not. I wanted to be open and bold and honest like you, but I could not. And I hated you because of that. I internally hated you. And now that I'm over here, I was so ashamed. He said, I've seen you before in Canada. And I just was so ashamed to come and talk to you. But you were so close to me now. The only thing I had to do is to come and hug you. He said, I hugged you not because I wanted to hug you. I hug you because I feel like I'm able to be myself now. And I'm happy that I'm able to be myself now. And I get a lot of that now. A lot of it. Wow. I go to New York sometimes and I'm in the clubs and I'm like, my friend is like, you know, the person, I'm like, who the hell is that? They're like, they're from St. Kitts. I'm like, they're from who? I said, no, I don't know them. They're like, they know you though. And I'm just like, oh, okay, hi. And I pass them straight out of respect. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some of them would come to me and say hi. And I'm just like, oh, hey. Because I feel so awkward now talking to them because when I know when I was back home, they never talked to me because I was gay. So mm-hmm. seeing them, I'm just like, hi. It's and weird. I just want away. It's weird. So... Mm-hmm. A lot of the times is that they internalize their own hate mm-hmm. and project on you. And, you know, I just say give them time. Give them time. I think, I think gay, gay men are easy target. Because I don't even think gay women, I don't even think gay women do face the same sort of ridicule. In fact, I okay. feel like, I feel they like don't. heterosexual um, males, um, and, and let me just say straight, let's say straight, let's say straight males, they actually have some of them have a lot of fantasies about females who are gay, like th- this whole male conquest thing, like this conquest to do a vibe. <laughs> I'm gonna give you five minutes of a conversation. You know what? A lot of men. I speak to a lot of men, and a lot of the times, a lot of men are not gay. A lot of the times, they don't hate gay men. They f- fear of exploring who they are and their feelings, the fear of exploring it and liking it. 
Um, I've been with men who tell me straight up, Lenore, I'm not gay. Mm. And then me and them get together for whatever reason, they felt comfortable, me and them got together sexually. And some of them would be like, you know what? I didn't enjoy it. It's not me. Or some of them be like, I enjoyed it. And they want to come back again. Um, a lot of men fear trying something that they fantasize about or feel genuinely solidified about, but they don't want to accept the fact that that's who they are. So they stay away from it. But there's a lot of men who come around gay men for their own sexual gratification. So it's like, they see as an escape. Like, it's like, okay, I don't want to have to, um, I don't want to have to go through the trouble of finding a gay man. So I'm going to just, okay, this guy is openly gay. I'm going after him because I don't have to risk anything. Because, but you know what's funny? Well, I'm so openly gay and so bold about it. And the men that come after me, the young boys, when I say young boys, I mean of age, of course. Mm -hmm. um, the, the guys that come after me, sometimes I ask them, I say, y'all ain't scared. They're like, no, because we see right through you. You're not going to talk about us. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I, I'm thinking. Every single day. Like, they would be to me like, I know you're bold and you're open about it, but you're never going to jeopardize who we are. You're never going to say who we are. And they're right about that. I'm never going to say who they are, but I'm going to talk about their experiences with me, but I'm never going to call their names. And they're right about that. That is, I find that to be like, it, it is almost the, the most counterproductive thing. You are, I mean, and maybe one day, maybe one day, Maybe one day everybody will just be who they are. You know that what I mean? Never happen. That maybe. Never happen. Maybe nope. one day when there's no money, there's no reputation to be lost. Maybe. I'm being very utopian <laughs> when I'm um, saying that. You know, you know, the, the funny thing is <laughs> listen, li listen. This lifestyle, I'm gonna tell you one thing. Look, every time you look at this lifestyle, I'm going to leave you with this. When you look at this gay lifestyle, this homosexual lifestyle, whatever you want to look at it, LGBTQ community, look at it as a transparent quarter. Whatever you see on the front is exactly who is on the back. We use a phrase in the gay community and in public generally, they bash you in the day and in the light but behind closed doors and in the dark, you're a total different person. Every aspect of that statement is 100% accurate. Bye. Okay. So this, <laughs> this is an interesting conversation. Because the thing is, I, I've always felt like, um, for me, I've never had, um, you know, those sort of emotional entanglements. Like, I had a whole relationship in Virtuous High School from, from second form to when I left school and even after I left school. You had a what? Okay. Well, actually, I didn't hear you because it cut out. You had a what? I had a whole relationship from second form, went right up to Tinta, left virtual high school, and after, played all the sports, got trophies, medals every year for every sport, um, was with many girls, was a very popular boy in school. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I could only think of a few guys, and I have a short list in my mind, but I won't say anything. I you have no. I, I could guarantee you. You yeah. have. You even. We could even talk about it privately. You have no idea who it is, and I could guarantee you that. I'd put my money. That you, I, don't? you could call ten names, and you will never know who it is. That's okay, and I don't think I need to know. 
Like, okay. I think I think that's fine, and I respect people's privacy as much as possible. But Glenn Ryan, thank you so much, man. I mean, thank you so much for <laughs> talking to me. Um, it's just, you know, I'm hoping that that people, and I don't, you know what, I don't care. You know, whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. What, whatever they take from it, you take from it. But, you know, this conversation has has to and has had, it had to happen. Yeah. Because I think I wouldn't be, what, what I want this show to represent, I wouldn't be um, doing justice to it if I don't speak to every quadrant and every perspective that is available to me to speak to. And as you said, we were never like friends in high school or anything like that. I think we, we hang in different circles and I guess yeah. that's fine. Um, but like even now, like seeing you progress as like an advocate for gay rights and being so vocal about it, I think that's why some people would message you in private and say, hey, look, I have this issue. I need to talk to it. I need to talk. I need somebody to talk about it with me. And you are the one that is vocal enough that you're easily reachable on Facebook. You're, you're able to talk to uh, me about uh, it. You know I think I mean? a lot of people use that platform to get to me. And, um, you know, I'm always going to keep Kyle open to the general public because a lot of people like the bluntness of Kyle. Mm -hmm. You know, even sometimes certain kids come to me about certain things. I tell them straight up, listen, what you're doing is wrong. You need to stop. Like, I'm not, it, there's no cookie cutter when it comes to Kyle. Like, none at all. So I'm always going to keep the platform open for those who don't have a voice elsewhere. I'm always going to be that blunt person. Um, you know, that's just who I am, you know. And I just want people to understand that because I am gay or because they know somebody who's gay, they have feelings too. We have feelings. And I think a lot of people take away that element of our own lives that because we're gay, we don't have feelings. They can tell us what they want to. They can say what they want to without being offensive and are we taking it personal or offensive. And that's just, you know, a little bit on the sad side. But, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that over a period of time we all work on how we approach and deal with gay people because we all need to be treated with the same love, respect, and dignity like everybody else. Indeed. And that's, man, that's the best way to, to close off this section. All right. So, guys, we've been, we've been talking to Glenn Ryan Marshall. And we're going to just, before we, we exit this show, before we, we say bye-bye to everybody, um, we're going to do our incorrect section. And, Glenn Ryan, all we have to do is we have to say three things that we definitely are sure are incorrect. Okay. All right. So, we have to be sure that these three things... Are incorrect. All right. Okay. I don't know if you want to go first. <laughs> Do you want to go first? No, you go first. Uh, everybody says I go first. Okay. Um. Okay. The first ink. My first incorrect statement. Uh, I've won two million dollars in Las Vegas. That's not true. Ah, that's absolutely incorrect. That is incorrect. What would you do if you if you won two million dollars in in Las Vegas? If I won $2 million, I definitely, the first thing I do is to get my mom a very decent home and get my partner's mom a very decent home. And then I'd come back home and help the ch children's home to get them better facilities and stuff like that. And virtual high school, of course. And then, you know, take some time off me and my partner and just travel a little bit. And then, you know, invest into something that can create long-term um, return for us. Dude, you, you, how old are you? 50? I'm 33. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, cool. That was a very good answer. Okay, so your first incorrect statement. Um, that's... I don't... I don't even know how to put this, but um, <laughs> this the first incorrect statement is uh, about me that I would say that I don't really care what people think about me. That's incorrect. 
Oh, it, it is? Well, then yes, again, it is. Because you did say that you have two different personalities and Kyle is probably the, the more outspoken one and Glenroy is really the soft one. Well, not yeah. soft, because I don't think you're soft. I think you're I'll very intelligent. Outside. <laughs> you have, I, I also have a sort of soft side. Okay, so two for me. So that's one. That's incorrect. Um, I don't have any gay friends. Wow. <laughs> that is incorrect. That is it. That is correct. That is super incorrect. I think I could think of at least six. And this is me without like really thinking hard. Okay. And that's, that's six. And that's six that I know for sh like because they've said it. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see something incorrect about me is that something political. I'm going to say this. Something Go political. Do it. Um, something incorrect about me is that people think that because I support a political party, when they do something wrong, I'm always going to back them up and say that it's right. That's absolutely incorrect. Have you ever been outspoken about politics? Boy, you don't see my Facebook? I don't, actually. I don't. <laughs> like, to, in preparation for this show, like, I think I've, I watched, I'm, like, two videos. I am very big on politics in general. Wow. Very big on politics. That was one of my dreams, actually. To be a politician? Yep. Is it still something that you would want to achieve? Because... The first openly gay male politician in St. Kitts and Nevis. Goddamn, do it, man. Just do it. Just do yeah. it. Just do it. All right. So yeah. my third incorrect statement. I never thought about being the prime minister of Sinkets. I don't believe that. <laughs> I thought about it at least twice. At I least. And, and it's it's funny because I'm going to say this. <laughs> I said to someone a few weeks ago, even though even before you came and talked to me about this, mm -hmm. I said, you, Omar Hodge from Connor, he works on um, automotive arts, I think it is. Mm -hmm. I said Samuel Duggins. I said, um, there's another guy from Sempaz. I can't remember his name for crying out loud's sake. I said, you both would make a very good political party. What? Okay. Well, uh, maybe I should contact these people. I know, I know. I, I said that. And I always say that to Omar as well. So I always, when I, when I, when I talk to Omar, it's, I never call him Omar. I says, Mr. Minister. I always call him that to this very day. Wow. But um, the third um, false thing about me is that... Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Just like... I am married. That's a false thing? Yes. Dude, what? 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 Everybody thinks that I am married because I wear a ring on my finger. It's a very mm -hmm. big ring. Yes, I know. And everybody thinks that because Chester wears a ring as well that he's married. We both are married. Um, I'm not married. What? Yes. Glenroy, what? Glenroy I've, Marshall. I've, I've been married once. I'm not married. You're not married? No. No. Okay. Wow. Dude, I could have sworn. Everybody thinks I'm married. But I'm not. Okay. And you're not married. Very soon, though. Very soon. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's the same thing for me. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to make this young lady... Um, That's good. I'm looking to make her very, very legal, right? Um, but I don't know. For, for me, it's, it's always like a situation of... And, and this is probably a completely separate uh, uh, conversation. But it's always for me been... I want to be the best husband and father that I could possibly ever be. Yeah. You know? And... I, I, I always feel a little overwhelmed when I'm faced with, okay, 
it's time to get married. Like my parents are like, yeah, you should get, you need to get married like yesterday, right? That's what, that's, yeah. that's the thing. But for me, it's always been like, I don't know if, am I ready to be the best father and husband that could possibly be? That's the question that hits me all the time. It's always what that it kind of. for me is that I want to be able to be in a position to not give 50. You know, people like to say this thing 50-50. Yeah. What I don't believe in the 50-50 mantra because of the fact that what if we get married today or tomorrow and he's in an accident, God forbid, and he can't bring his 50%. Does that mean I'm not going to love you anymore? It's true. So yeah. I won't be in a position to give you my 100. So mm. when I'm in that position which I'm working towards, I'm going to get married. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, that's, a, that's a damn good way to put it. I think that's yeah. a really good... Like, you have to be in a position to be able to give you to all provide. to this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't... I mean, God forbid, people say 50-50. Yes, we can marry it. We're going to bring 50. He's going to bring 50. Mm -hmm. But what if, you know, he gets in an accident or something happens to him tomorrow where he can't work to bring his 50? Does that mean that the marriage is going to dissolve? No. So I want to be able to bring everything together where he could provide for me and I could provide for him if in the event anything happens. So we're working towards that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, guys, we've been talking to Glenn Mike. Well, not Glenn Mike. Let's say Kyle Marshall because that <laughs> is the one that everyone knows, aka Glenn Mike. Because I've been calling him Glenn Mike. I know him as Glenn Mike. Um, yes. And we've had a very interesting conversation, Glenn Mike. Thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We'll definitely have to do this one more time or a few more times if need be. If but need I'm be. definitely open to come back on board. Of course. And guys, we, I'm, I'm going to make this promise. We're going to have Glenn Mike on our round table because we have to talk about this topic. I have to get. We have to get more viewpoints. Um, yeah. Let's get someone from a religious aspect in. Someone who's exactly. not religious, just hates the the lifestyle. And just as long as they're respectful and they're yeah. open to discussion, I'm down. And that's the only people that we kind of bring here. We don't really bring people okay, who are not there. So <laughs> in, in, the, in that, I'm looking forward to this panel. Glenroy, do you want to drop any details? Do you want to drop any, any handles or anything for people to find you? Well, or? I, mean, I don't think people really don't know who I am. <laughs> um, I think everybody knows who I am. Everybody knows I'm Kyle Marshall on social media. That's K-H-Y-L-E. Marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. -L. And if they want to follow me on Instagram, it is at Kyle, K-H-Y-L-E underscore E. And that's me on Instagram. And you're going to get the blunt person that I am. A straight shooter. Pa-pow. Pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-pa-